Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Don't be like a pinball in a pinball machine going here and hit there and this affects you and that affects you and you don't be like that don't be like someone's yo-yo going up and down controlled by your circumstances no we're to live lives under the control of the holy spirit in second peter chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 it talks about self-control for this reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control reaching up arms open wide we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet the world has many different influences bombarding us daily as we go about trying to serve god these varied messages can lead us away from the path that god has for us and can fill our minds with compromising messages Today, Pastor Ed asks us to be mindful of those moments when our values are being questioned and to exercise self-control in those situations. If we hold tight to the truths of the Bible and allow God to be the voice that we listen to, it will be much easier to sift through the noise of this world. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Gluttony. Sometimes we stuff ourselves and we eat so much. Don't try and have a Thanksgiving feast every week. You'll never enjoy Thanksgiving. God didn't mean it to be like that. God meant for us to be living a life in balance, not to be controlled by anything. In Psalm 78, 18, It speaks of God's anger towards the Israelites because of their attitude towards food. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. Nothing, nothing, nothing should control us. Billy Graham said, The Romans, before the fall of Rome, were given to three major sins, gluttony, drunkenness, and immorality. They dug their graves with their teeth, killed themselves by illicit indulgence, embalmed themselves with alcohol. Rome fell because she overstuffed her body and starved her soul. We are not to be driven by just this desire to consume and to eat and to consume and to eat. Gluttony can really be driven by an addiction to food. It's possible. To be addicted to food. In Titus 1.12 to 13, it says, even one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. And then Paul says, this testimony is true. There was a noted citizen who said, these Cretans are characterized by overeating. And then Paul stops and says, this is true. What if Paul the Apostle were to come to our culture? What if he were to sit with you this afternoon when you go to the restaurant? What if he were to observe us as a culture? Do you know that America is the heaviest country in the world? And 
really interesting is do you know what the heaviest states are? The states where the most Christians are. Christians of all people groups seem to be heavier than other groups. 64% of adult Americans are overweight. And if it keeps up the way it's going, by the year 2015, 75% of adults will be overweight. 24% of our children will be overweight. We're addicting people to food. The average American child will see 10,000 television commercials in one year. 95% of those commercials will deal with food. Sugared cereals, candies, uh, the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the Wendy's and all of those other fast food places. The movie supersize me, states. In that movie, they stated that our children are the first generation in America that will not have as long a lifespan as their parents. One-third of all children, young people growing up today, they say will develop diabetes. When you look at the sin that's going on in our country I really believe it's because we've pushed God out. I believe it's because we've turned our back on him. And we have to fill that void with something. And we're losing our way in the midst of our rebellion and turning away from God. And even in the Christian church at times. Now, I, we are the leading importer of coffee. Nearly half of all the world's coffee comes into America. In an average day, it's, I believe it was 300 million cups of coffee each day people drink. And 54% of Americans drink that, and I'm one of them. But one of the things I try to do, and I've been trying to do, is once in a while when we have fasting and prayer, I'll abstain from coffee or a latte. Or if I feel like it's getting too much, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go for a few days without it. To be able to say, I don't want to be controlled by anything. The only thing I want to be controlled by is the Lord. The only thing I want to be controlled by is God's Spirit. You look at the consumption of alcohol. Young people between 12 and 20 drink 11% of the alcohol in America. And you know when they drink it? On binge drinking. Something's happening in our country, and it's wrong. We're hurting ourselves. We're addicted to alcohol. We're addicted to nicotine. We're addicted to food. And if things aren't, keep on going the way they're going, we're going to see the health problems just skyrocket. In fact, everyone here knows that cigarette smoking is linked to cancer. The church for years and years would preach against smoking. Be careful. Now the Surgeon General said, it's wrong. And yeah, it is wrong. But do you know that obesity, overweight, is going to surpass killing people over smoking? If we keep on going in the direction we're going because people are not healthy, they're going to die before their time.
Shouldn't the church talk about sin, even if it's in the church? And all of us need to step back and look at our lives and say, Lord, search me, help me. Help me to be a witness for you outside and inside the church. Oftentimes what it is, and we have this idea that, you know, food is going to satisfy me. I like what one writer said, gluttony is an emotional escape, a sign that something is eating us at the inside, in our core. There's an emptiness. People try and fill it with video games and addicted to video games. They try and fill it with food and addicted to food. They try and fill it with dieting. I mean, you can be gluttonous about dieting. You cannot wait to 12 o'clock. All you can think about when it's 9 and 10 and 11 is that little bowl of cottage cheese, you know, uh, with the peaches on it. And you just can't wait for that office break to get that celery stick. And you have a treat today with the carrot, you know. I mean, we're becoming monopolized by an obsession with food. We could be obsessed with food in the sense that the new medicine cabinet is the health food store. Right? That's going to be a cure-all for everything. Now, I think we ought to eat healthy. I think we ought to watch ourselves, and there's a lot of good things in there. But if we take it to an extreme, if we become obsessed with it, and it controls us, then really we're living out of harmony. We're living out of balance. Carl Menninger, a psychologist, said, gluttony in all its forms is sinful in that it represents a degree of self-love which is self-destructive. I think what's happening is we're just simply bored with life. And we're trying to sedate the pain. Whether we go to the refrigerator to sedate that pain or we go out to eat to sedate it, we're trying to do it in some way. May 9th, a number of years ago, in New York City, some young teens were just bored. They went to a local park and they found a homeless man by the name of Mr. Jackson. So they wanted to have them f some fun. They doused him with gasoline. They took a cigarette lighter and they lit him on fire. And they said, we ran away when the fire got too high and hot. He died there on that park bench. There's something wrong with our culture. If Paul the apostle were to look or if Peter were to look and they were to evaluate where we are and what's happening I believe they would cry out with a prophetic voice and say, wake up. We can be driven by this need for pleasure. And eating should be pleasurable. But don't push it. Don't cross the line. Because you won't enjoy it. Just don't keep on trying to stuff that meringue pie down, you know? Somehow we feel that I've gone to an all-you-can-eat salad bar or food bar or, you know, dessert bar. We want to get our money's worth. Well, no, 
you should have a testimony at those places too. Christianity should affect the way I live in every area of my life. It should impact the way I eat, the way I live, the way I spend my money. God, he called us into his service and he has given us the life that we have and we call him Lord. And that means that he has the right to tell us how to eat. Look at the Levitical law. He told the Jews how to eat. He told them what they couldn't eat and what they could eat. But yet as Christians, somehow we want to push God away and say, wait a minute, God, service is finished, the sermon is done, I just want to go to the all-you-could-eat smorgasbord. And we want to worship at the golden arches, and that becomes our golden calf. God, help us to have balance in our lives. Gluttony can be driven but I think the emptiness of soul. John 6.35 says, Then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. What's happening sometimes is there's an emptiness within. And we wake up at night and try and stuff that emptiness instead of read the word or pray. We try and somehow stuff those emotions and those feelings instead of bringing them to God and seeking him. We're trying to solve spiritual problems with physical food. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, we all recognize the value of some comfort foods. That's why you go to Starbucks sometimes. It's, it's like a comfort food. But when you overdo it and you hurt yourself, instead of going into the presence of God and finding comfort that he can give and the strength that he can give, Oz Guinness said, dedication to the gratification of appetite, gluttony grows from and leads to a terrible emptiness that no matter how much we stuff ourselves, we're never satisfied. You can't satisfy yourself. You can go back into Roman history and see where they would eat and eat and then they'd vomit out the food and they would eat and eat and they'd vomit out the food. All we wanna do is, listen, let's get all the food we can eat as long as it doesn't have carbs. I could. You know, I could eat all the food I want. I could, or if it doesn't have the, let's get all the calories out of it. Uh, let's, well, let, let, let me take these pills over here. They'll cause me to burn up the calories so I could go back for seconds. We need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Bible, controlled by Christian values and principles. Gluttony can be driven by an emptiness of soul. It's this need for God, and you're not going to fill that need by opening the refrigerator and filling your mouth. Gluttony can be defeated. And just Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't be like a pinball in a pinball machine going here and hit there and this affects you and that affects you. And you Don't 
be like that. Don't be like someone's yo-yo, going up and down, controlled by your circumstances. No, we're to live lives under the control of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, it talks about self-control. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. Learn the Bible. Know the scriptures. Become theologically sound. Develop Christian character. But part of what God wants us to do is be people who can control themselves. They name it properly. The dessert menus, you know. Death by chocolate, you know, or uh, <laughs> decadent dessert, or whatever, you know. Uh, at that moment, say, you know, Lord, you're my Lord. You're my God. And I want to serve you with the body that you've given me. And I want to worship you in the way I eat. Fasting was a part of the early church. For centuries, People would fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. It's fallen into disuse in so many places. It ought to be a part of our Christian experience. It ought to be a part of our Christian life, just as real as Bible reading and devotions, just as real as uh, studying the scriptures. We should fast. Jesus assumed his disciples would fast. I know in the church, it helps me when we corporately fast. When I know during those 40 days that other people are fasting and I'm fasting and I'm tempted to go and eat, I said, no, they're all fasting. I put my name down. That's how we do it. Not for pride. No, no, no. We just need each other. <laughs> we need each other's help. And so when you wind up fasting, after you've fasted, don't you enjoy food so much more? Yes. You really do. I mean, God gave us these wonderful taste buds that can taste all these exquisite flavors. God wants us to enjoy it. But when we observe his ways, we tend to enjoy life so much more. In Isaiah chapter 58, it says, No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. And remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. That's the hard part, the last one there. <laughs> but then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will t protect you from behind. God wants us to fast and to do something with that fasting. There were a group of students in Cornell University years ago who heard about the needs of people around the world and they decided every week, one of those days for lunch, they would just eat rice. And in one year, they got $12,000 and they gave that to Africa Relief. Think about what could you and your spouse do if you decided, listen, one day a week, we're going to miss a meal. We'll take that money and we'll put it aside for missions. When they go to Zambia, when they are building that orphanage, when they're reaching out in some food relief program, 
I'm going to be able to give because I've placed this money aside. I purposely have fasted and prayed. I've fasted to seek the Lord, and with the money that I would have used for food, I'm going to use it for missions. There's also not only self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit that should mark every follower of Christ, but there's stewardship. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. God gave you the body that you have. Imagine if you had a friend who lent you a car or you leased a car and you never changed the oil in that car and you just drove it month after month, year after year. God gave you a body and he wants to glorify his name through your body. Don't die before your day. Don't cut your life short. When we overeat, one of the things that we do we develop a dullness towards God. It does. When a person is involved in gluttony, whether it's drinking, whether it's eating, whether it's just some other consumption of something, we dull our sensitivity to God. Because when you fast, you heighten your sensitivity of God. You're more readily to hear his voice. You're more sensitive to his spirit. You're more responsive to his promptings. When we overeat and we stuff ourselves, we dull our sensitivity to the Lord. We often, and all of us here, want to be good Christians. I think every single follower of Christ, every single believer here says, I want to be more righteous, I want to be more holy, I want to be a better worshiper, a better witness. Listen to the words of the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys He coached, I believe, for 29 years at Dallas Cowboys. He said, the job of a coach is to get people to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to achieve. Everyone wants to win the Super Bowl, but it takes discipline. It takes discipline in the Christian life. It takes discipline in our lives as followers of Christ. If we want to be Achieving things in the Lord, we have to be willing to come under the discipline of the Holy Spirit. We have to be willing to say, Lord, help me in this area of my life. And next time I go to the restaurant, next time I go to the all-you-can-eat, I'll put some limits on myself. They may not put the limits on me, but I'll put the limits on myself. I'll be careful in the consumption of food that I have. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says... So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything you do is for his glory. Christianity is not way up there and way out there. It's right where we live. It affects the way you eat. It affects the way you drink. It affects how you spend your time. It affects how you spend your money. It affects every aspect of your life. As a Christian... God calls us to live as good stewards of the time and the life that he's given us. I know that this isn't the message that you're going to jump up and shout about and say, oh, I'm going to... No, but it is searching and it is practical and it is in your face.
It's right where you live. Let God be God of everything of your life. How you eat, how you drink, how you spend your time. The 1995 film starring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt highlighted gruesome crimes all centered around the seven deadly sins. And while this movie is far from biblical, we do know that each one of us are open to the temptations of the flesh. Pastor Ed is sharing a seven-part series, each part on a specific sin. To learn more about Building in Faith or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series entitled Seven Deadly Sins, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.